Yes, 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 yes. I'll stop whatever you guys. Yeah, this is we we were just waiting for. reminder that he's the guy that made fun of me. Because I care too much about Daniel Bryan. Wrong. I paid. I didn't pay for the first one, but <laughs> I was there. Me and Aaron were both there the night he won his first world title. Fact. And I, we were both there when he won the championship at WrestleMania 30. Fact. And you were at neither. So Fact. you can shut the, up. Wait, first were of you all, actually I wasn't, at, I wasn't at the first one because the Ravens played on the same night. Remember, it was this bizarre scenario where they did wrestling pay-per-view at the arena and Ravens charger Sunday night football at the exact same time. Sounds, I don't like remember a, that sounds like a personal but, you know. problem. Oh, shut up, AJ. Because we were there, because we are big enough fans. Right. <laughs> Jobbing out. I hate everyone. <laughs> you know what? We're not doing a show this week. I can't take it. All right. Daniel Bryan's gone. You're all pissing me off. I'm... Titus is suspended. <laughs> right. Yeah, Titus is suspended, and he's amazing. I hate everything. I don't want to talk anymore. I'm done. You guys do your own show. All right. So... I'm Aaron Oster. This is AJ Francis here. The main event. And uh, what we're going yeah, to talk about. you didn't do it as well as I do. Yeah. I don't care. You know, yeah, I did right. better. I did more professionally. Oh, I, did I did you? No, I personally, I personally like Glenn's a lot. Yeah, right. Well, I think, I think that. Let's he gives it. the main event his due. Why don't we due. try this one more time, okay? Why don't <clears> we try it <throat> one, <clears> one <throat> right. more time? Welcome in. This is Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn Clark. That's Aaron Oster. And that's. The main event. AJ Francis of the Seattle Seahawks. That's how you do it. That's how that gets done. It's episode number 48. Aaron, of course, from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And yes, this week's episode is going to be very much so as deservedly. That that was the levity in the show, pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. right? Because now everything sucks. Yeah. Um, we're later on the show, we're going to talk Davy Richards. Davy Richards, of course, now a TNA, long time in Ring of Honor, and the penultimate Ring of Honor match that Daniel Bryan wrestled was against uh, Davey Richards. We're talking to Davey about Daniel Bryan. We're talking about uh, TNA now being a part of that um, and just being thought of as one of the, being part of one of the great tag teams, not just currently in wrestling, but like of this era in wrestling with he and Eddie Edwards, uh, the Wolves. So we'll talk to Davey Richards a little bit later on in the show. But, yeah, um, this week sucks. This week sucks, plain and simple. Um, let, me, let me vomit for a second. If I can, okay? Because I, I think we'll all do a little bit of this. I think that's a, you're absolutely right. But I, my role, you're the reporter. AJ's a professional athlete. Like, my only tie to pro wrestling is that I'm a nerdy fan. And it's sort of inexplicable at this point that I'm a nerdy fan, right? Like, I don't watch SmackDown. I don't care that much about anything else other than I watch Raw on Monday nights and I watch pay-per-views. That's sort of my story. And I watch NXT now as well. I, um, I, I've had, Three favorite wrestlers in my life. Um, that's, I guess I probably had one. I didn't, you know, it's funny. As a child, I didn't have a favorite wrestler. I liked all of them. You know, like it wasn't like one guy that that was the reason why I turned Who, in. Whoever was the top babyface. No, no, that's yeah. yeah, exactly yeah. right. Like I loved Owen. I, I mean, when I was a child, I didn't have a favorite wrestler. But when I came back to wrestling in Kurt. high school, uh, what's that? I was gonna say Kurt. Obviously, yes, Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho were the reasons I came back to professional wrestling. I worshipped at the altar of Kurt Angle particularly. And I was into Chris Jericho because kind of everybody was into Chris Jericho. But Kurt Angle was my guy. He had everything. I didn't have another favorite wrestler until Daniel Bryan came along. And to be truthful, I was kind of souring on wrestling until Daniel Bryan came along. 
Um, and you can make fun of me as much as you want, AJ, and I know you will. Yep. Um, but I, it, I don't know how to describe it. You, you stop. The, the character part of it doesn't touch you the same way as it did when you were a kid. When you're a kid, the character part you is... You could have worded that a little... All right, shut up. <laughs> I, I, now that I hear it, you're right. I absolutely crazy. But shut crazy. up. Crazy. All right. I'm, I'm, trying crazy to share, I'm trying to share my Poignant emotions. moment. Come on. God, I hate you. Um, it, it's not about characters and even the storylines as much as it's about you You still like wrestling. Um, and at the heart of it, you... You, you want to find somebody that you just gravitate towards. And at the moment, I don't know that I have a, fam- a favorite wrestler. I, I mean, I, R-Truth, right? Because I love R-Truth, but he's not, let's just tell the truth, he's not really a wrestler right now. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's still part of the show, but he's not really a wrestler. Yes, technically he's my favorite because I, I think he's great, but when they get to the top of the card, I don't have a guy that, like, when they come out, I completely mark out for. I were, was a Daniel Bryan guy. And um, from the moment he arrived, now, admittedly, I don't go as far back as Ring of Honor with Daniel Bryan. I was not a Ring of Honor guy at the time. Um, but when he showed up, moment one, I was, I was hooked. I was on board. And we kind of knew this was coming, right? Like We've, we've done how many segments on right? this? Right? Like, it, it shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't, um, it really shouldn't make us that sad because the truth is, we should probably be happy, and, and AJ, you can speak to this with professional football players. We should be happy that someone has the ability, the power, as an individual to say, I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. I'm 34 years old. I want to have a life. I want to have a family. I want to be happy. I don't want to, to kill myself. We should be happy for someone being able to make that decision. But this is as much of a gut punch as I can remember, uh, you know, as a – like it, it was a gut punch when you found out that Chris Benoit died, but it was erased so quickly with your anger, you know, towards it that that it this feeling, it's just this empty pit of a feeling that you hate seeing this happen to your heroes, if you will, and this guy of all of them, yeah. of all of them, the ultimate underdog, the the easiest guy to root for in the history of the company. Has there been a guy it was so easy to root for? That there was no mixed feelings, there was no anything. I mean, the, the last person who was like this, and you know, AJ said, said on Twitter when this happened, he's you know, he called Dan O'Brien a once in a generational talent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's right because the last guy who we had any sort of connection to like this, that everyone loved, everyone you know was so desperate to see succeed, was McFoley, and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know, especially when you go look at his career, when you look at the path, when you look at. You know, it's eerie how the timeline matches up. You know, Daniel Bryan was this generation's McFoley. I think it was to I another level. I think you level, skipped though. a guy, though. I would say Eddie Guerrero, but also Guerrero was a little bit yeah. different because yeah. even when Guerrero he was, was, a, he was a heel, but though, at the same car, at the same time, your point still stands. Yeah, no, I mean Guerrero, you can argue, especially because he had, you know, he did have his demons, yeah. and, and and you know, it was self-inflicted, so it wasn't necessarily. There wasn't quite the. I'm not, you know, I love Eddie. I think Eddie's one of the all time great. We you know we had a yeah, segment right. about this. I just think that, you know, it's you say that, you know, as we grow older, we don't necessarily connect as much. I to think the we character. connect to it at a more, more human level. At a more human level. Yes. And I'm going, you know, Daniel Bryan, and I, I wrote about this, was one of those guys like Mick Foley that had a connection with the crowd, unlike almost any you see in wrestling anymore. Yeah. 
you know, you, you respect other people. You respect them a lot. You want to see them succeed. But you don't necessarily connect to them on the level that you did with Daniel Bryan. And, and that's what made him so great. It wasn't, you know, you could say he's one of the greatest technical wrestlers in the history, and statistics will back you up on that. Yep. You know, he won nine straight Wrestling Observer Awards for Best Technical Wrestler. No one else had even come close to that sort of level of wrestling. But what it was, it was the connection with the fans that was unlike, you know, Mick Foley might have, you could say Dusty had it. But, you know, you're talking about once in a generational, and, you know, that's what sucks more than anything. Yeah. That we don't have that guy that, you know, there are guys we love. There are, you know, we really love, enjoy seeing the New Day wrestling in the ring. We love, you know, whoever it might be. There, there are no, Kevin Owens, some people. But we don't have a human connection. Yeah, you don't, you, there's not that natural connection that he had with the crowd that started, you know, back in 2003. With, there's a reason that, you know, he got the best in the world chance. He, we've, we've rooted for a lot of characters. When we were rooting for Daniel Bryan, we weren't rooting for his character. But we you were, were rooting like, for and, him. And, and that was one of the things that, they were able to so seamlessly weave the character into the reality. Right, and I get that's the concept of the reality era. But, but they, they've been struggling. You know, with CM Punk, he sometimes it was more the actual person than the character. Or, you know, they, they, they've struggled to find that balance sometimes in that reality area. With Daniel Bryan, it was just the perfect weaving of character and reality. I, to me, Daniel Bryan, when I first saw Daniel Bryan... Um, cause I got out of wrestling, um, late in high school. I watched wrestling until I was about 17 mm-hmm. and then I didn't get back in until probably until 2010. So when I came back, I loved Del Rio. He was just won the Royal Rumble. It was a, it was a big time for Del Rio. But when I first saw Daniel Bryan, I didn't really know anything about him. I didn't know Ring of Honor. And to me, he was just this little guy that was a good wrestler that could do some cool things. And the more I watched, the more he became a guy that, even though I make fun of you because you love Daniel Bryan so much, um, he became a guy that, for the life of me, I couldn't understand why he didn't get the opportunities that he got until... Yeah. He finally got it at WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Um, I watched his road to WrestleMania 30 on the network last night, and I I completely – I forgot because I remember when he won the World Heavyweight title in Baltimore when we were there, and I remember when he won the title at Mania when we were there, and those things stuck in my mind more than anything else in his career. I completely forgot that before he won the title, he was on a dark match at Mania. And also, I didn't forget that this happened, but I just blocked it out of my memory. Eighteen seconds. The Seamus thing. Eighteen yep, yeah. seconds. Seamus which, match. Which, which ironically made him. Cap- yeah, that match made him because that literally was the straw that broke the camel's back. Because yep. up until that point, he had a lot of fans and he had a lot of people that wanted to see him succeed. But it wasn't until that eighteen-second match with Seamus, when some people say that they were trying to bury him, they actually made him. Yeah, and and that's. More than anything, looking back on Daniel Bryan's WWE career, it was, and I, I don't use this in a, like a mean way, every aspect of his career was a mistake that happened to go, the, go right. Well. Yes, right. You, you go from day one, the day he debuted on Raw with the Nexus, and he beat the crap out of it, and choked out Justin like, Roberts, yeah. he oh, got right, right, fired. Right. If he doesn't get fired, he probably, he ends up in the Nexus. He's just a guy. He's, he's a guy. He's Ryback. 
Yeah, he's he's probably Ryback. He <laughs> the the earliest he probably gets a chance to break out as a single star, early 2011 maybe, as the Nexus started to dissolve a little bit. So what you have, you don't have that, you know, you don't have that return, that big return at SummerSlam. You don't have that U.S. title run. Uh, that big feud with the Miz, which really got him to that yeah, next catapulted level. Him, right. You don't get the singles credibility. You may not get him get that 2011 Money in the Bank briefcase, which means you know you don't get the World Heavyweight Title. Yeah. You don't get the Yes Champ. But you know, you you then look at even even the Yes Champ. The Yes Champ he was, in and of itself was he him was trying to, to annoy the hell out yeah. of people. Right. Yes, the Yes right. Champ was him trying to be a. And he talked about that with Coachman last night. How that was he was trying to annoy people, and it just went over. You look at the 18-second thing. You look at Team Hell No. Team Hell No is a very forgotten aspect. Oh, that it was really amazing. Was, it was, to it me, was, I don't, like, that's I loved, what got him I loved his to run to the title at Mania. I loved that run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my favorite part of Daniel Bryan's entire career is Team Hell No. Yeah, Team Hell, but Team Hell No was the thing that, you I'm know, not disagreeing with it was, it was, it was amazing. Be, you know, you kind of put him in a fun mid-card thing. But what that did, that really got him to show his, his, the full range of his personality. And that's what got him, you know, with the holdouts, with the, the younger kids, the casual crowd. They could do Dr. Shelby segments tomorrow. Right. And we'd be in. Oh, yeah. We'd be so on board. But, you know, that was, was the final piece of the puzzle that you're like, oh, Daniel Bryan can be... This, he can do everything. He can do everything. And then you look at the whole world title run that was never supposed to happen. You know, that was supposed Shout to Shout out be, CM Punk and his ego. Partially it's CM Punk. Great point. Punk, yeah, it, part <laughs> I mean, of it, it was supposed to be... It was supposed to be yeah. probably him and Cena and maybe Hogan against the Wyatt family. Like, that was supposed to be the... Ma- or it was supposed to be Sheamus. And then that happened because it was forced... Out. And you know what? Because they were so insistent on not giving him the title, it made the storyline even better. Yeah. It made... Factually, like, it made it better. If they had just had him win the Rumble, it would not have been nearly as good as it was. Well, and then let's throw in uh, Connor, you know. Yes. Um, right. It, I think a lot of our human admiration for Daniel Bryan, he, it, it's amazing that he really stopped wrestling, right? Like, let, let's just tell the truth. Like, after, yes. that, after WrestleMania 30, it, 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 we, was gone. we almost sort of say that there was never, and I know that he, he had other matches and he yeah, won the, the Intercon, yeah. but that was the end of his career. Yet, it still, we hadn't gotten what might prove to be his most defining moment, which is in a, outside of the wrestling sphere, people that don't give a crap about wrestling were watching his speech, uh, for Connor. I mean, mm. people were sharing it all over the world because they were so touched mm-hmm. by his speech for Connor. I have a, a former uh, colleague who, he hasn't watched wrestling since he was, you know, in, in 1982, you know what I mean? He's, he's in his 50s and the first thing he posted, that Monday morning was you have to see this. You have like his most defining moment outside of being a wrestler may very well be that moment. Um, but it was also human. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's that's what it keeps coming back to is that it was something we literally felt as though we were touching. And and frankly, and this speaks to like the millennial concept of we want ourselves to be the show. We do. Let's just tell the truth, right? Like we do. I I like doing dumb chants. I like doing. We like being feeling yeah. like we really are part of the show. And Daniel Bryan made us feel like we were part of the show because it felt like we forced something. Yeah, and I was going to say this, and this is not to sour on Daniel Bryan at all because he's. I think he should go in the Hall of Fame this year. And I think if they don't I, do I, it I this think, year... I think they just hold off because, because, because they, they, they get more bang for the buck. You need a real I understand, I understand yeah. it's a business decision, but he deserves to... If, if, yeah, if Edge went in yeah, the first exactly. year, then Daniel Bryan... Well, but Edge was, was, all, weird, was, it was 11 really, months. You know, it was a you. year later. So, but, yeah. but the one thing that Daniel Bryan's career kind of soured on me was the fact that Daniel Bryan, 
he made it so that the audience mm-hmm. knew that they could really influence what happens with the product. And the problem that arose with that is that it works when you have someone like Daniel Bryan right. that you want to yeah. push. <laughs> right. But now it's not used to push someone. It's used as a detriment to, to, to yeah. other right. people. I hear the argument yeah. you're making. And it bo- that bothers me because Daniel Bryan, even though he's a Hall of Famer, great player, he may have unintentionally ruined Roman Reigns' career. Uh, I mean, I don't know about ruin. Yeah, if Roman Reigns doesn't it, get the belt this year, his career could yeah, potentially be It certainly be hasn't washed. been what we thought what right. they intended it's, for it. It's definitely – he – I mean, he changed, and that's the thing. But I think it, it's, it, that's a Stone Cold comparison, by the way, right? Because we, what was the greatest thing ever when Stone Cold did it? And, and now, now it's still going. It's, now It's been not only a bane of, of the WWE, but really has but, has hurt them in their ability to deliver right. in-ring. Yeah. Real com- real passionate promos. Because right. half the times you're – if you're doing a three-minute monologue, that's real – you're getting what it half the time. Correct. Right. I mean, it, but yet when he did it, it was amazing. Right. You yeah. know, like Stone Cold was responsible for this yeah. amazing thing. Same concept. That just – yeah. It, it, it got itself. out of control. And, yeah. and it's going to be interesting 10 years from now what we're talking about when it comes to Daniel Bryan because there is Daniel Bryan, the wrestler, who was amazing, the performer, and then there's the legacy he leaves, which is, as you said, he changed the business. Yes. He changed both what you said with the crowd and then just the idea that Undersized no, guys. Not, not so much the under, because they had already done the, but the, the, the guys I, with wear on their bodies, the 10 year vets of the indie circuit. Without, you, without Daniel Bryan, you don't have Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, you don't have Kevin Owens. You definitely you don't, don't have, have AJ Styles. You definitely don't, don't have, have AJ, AJ Styles, Styles or Austin Aries or yes. any of these guys who are coming in. And, you know, CM Punk opened the door a little bit, but CM Punk also was, you know, he was always a little bit more WWE. He had a little bit of a more interesting look. He had the promo style. And he, quite frankly, he was bigger yeah. than uh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, you know, he took that crack in the door and he just kicked it wide open. Yeah. And he legitimately changed the business. And I wonder, you know, 10 years from now, when we look back at him, we're going to fondly remember that. But are we going to be talking more about, you know, Daniel Bryan started legitimately without him, the business isn't the same? Um, there's a chance. You know, I, look, obviously it has to do with what happens in, in the coming years. Right. And, and I don't know because I think there's also a chance that they sort of say, yeah, well, we saw it with Daniel Bryan, but we don't trust that any of, the, of these other guys can really do it. Like, I think we've and, got then, to- and at the same time, Daniel Bryan, when he did it, he, what I, my always, whenever I would talk about him with you guys, it was like my biggest issue with Daniel Bryan over the last two years, once again, Hall of Famer, I have nothing against him. I, I, I was, one of the loudest people in the arena when he won the title at Mania. But his injuries made it so that he could never truly fulfill right. what that's, he was and doing. That's a, he wasn't going to be an eight-time yeah. you know, world right. champion. He was. He had probably reached his apex. And, and you know what? It almost, you know, I hate to say it. Obviously, you never want someone to get injured. But when we look back at Daniel Bryan, I'm curious – if he had never gotten injured, how we view Daniel Bryan right now? Is he just, is he starting know. to get, you know, yeah. is he, you know, is, is he, he starting to get a little, right now? yeah, is he starting right. cause he was the underdog and now all of a sudden he's at the top and that, right. how can you be the times, underdog any longer? Yeah. Right. No, that's absolutely a point. So, I, I don't know. I'm yeah. not, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I, I think the, the question becomes, does he pave the way that Kevin Owens can become world champion? Because that's a yes. Like, yes. That's the impact. The answer to that yeah. is yes. The impact is if Kevin Owens becomes world heavyweight champion, if and AJ gets, Styles is a main eventer, yeah, then if you're right. Sami Zayn then his is legacy is cemented, and it's more significant. If those guys get a run, and then they're sort of knocked back down right. a few pegs, and WWE continues to go with the guys that have the look, 
right. moving forward. If Ryback gets you know another yeah. a world title shot, Ryback looked great the other day. By the way, um, his, I, honestly, I, I don't remember much about Ryback. So like, I know it, it's tough. <laughs> he he looked fine. I think the real problem for me is that once again they had to run a Ryback video package as if we don't know who Ryback is. Like it, it's that's not a good look for you when you're this far into your career. And it feels like they're trying to repackage you every we'll, couple we'll of get, months. We'll get to all that, though. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get to all that. But all that being said, um, Ryback has the look. That's the point that I'm saying. Right. Ryback it has not been aided by Daniel Bryan. Right. Ryback was yeah. – at any point in WWE history, Ryback could walk in and be the champion. Um, Kevin Owens, not. No. Um, but Mick Foley would be the comparison, right? Yeah, and, that, and, and Dusty. And, and Dusty. Yeah, Dusty okay. to some extent. I think Kevin Owens – May or may not, anyways, you know, he didn't have the look, but he wasn't the undersize. He wasn't, you know, it, it would be if AJ Styles, if Austin Aries right, gets exactly. that run. Those if, guys if that have guys had runs other who, who places. Who are mid to upper 30s already. Yep, and they're welcomed in as legitimate stars, as guys whose previous work mattered, um, and they're given that opportunity. Remember, look, AJ Styles already has been welcomed in far more than Daniel Bryan was when he oh, came yeah. in. No, I mean, it took... Yeah. It. Daniel Bryan had to go to NXT, he had to go, you know... Well, the, the funny thing about that, and and that kind of shows what kind of... You know, we've heard guys coming in and they want to do things there. You know, they, they are upset by the WWE balance. The first thing that Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, you know, at the time, obviously, ever did as a WWE wrestler is he wrestled a dark match. I, be, I believe it was against Chavo Guerrero. And they were thinking, okay, we're going to just put this guy right up on the main roster. He goes after the match and he says, look, I want to make sure this all goes right. I want to make sure, you know, I know your system. I want to make sure I want to go down to FCW. Right. I want to kind of start. I want to do this right. I want to do this right. And, you know, that just kind of shows, you know, basically who Daniel Bryan is, that he he wanted to do things his way, but uh, but without ruffling. You know, he wasn't the guy who was going to make waves. He wasn't the guy. He was going to do everything to the best of his ability, but he was going to, you know, also be the soldier. You were going to get. You might give him something dumb, but he was going to make it the greatest thing ever. You know, those early, the early singles run. You know, after he gets done with the miss, you know, they're doing the silly things with the Bellas yep. and, and kind yeah, of yeah, he's a ladies' man thing. The, 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 you know, how 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 could this nerdy vegan? Right. But he ran with it. Yeah, it's true. And and that's just that was one of the things that made Dan, you know Daniel Bryan so great is that. He would take whatever he was given, and he made the most of it. He did everything to 100%. You know, we kind of laugh about Kevin Owens. You know, oh, sometimes he takes matches. You know, Daniel Bryan never took Nope. That. And that's probably part of the reason that he's retired right now is that he never took. But he made everybody feel special. It doesn't matter. You know, I saw him in Ring of Honor. Uh, I didn't get to see his world title run. I, I got to Ring of Honor a little bit later than that. I kind of started to see the end of his run. But I got to see him at the Manassas Recreation Center. Wow. Like, he, they were doing a show. Uh, he ended up wrestling Jimmy Jacobs that night. But it was, there, you know, it was what you think of when you think of an indie show. It was at a rec center. They raised the basketball hoops up. It was on the basketball court. There was a hundred, probably 150, 200 people there. And, you know, he gave the same type of performance that he would get. You know, the first time I saw him was at the Hammerstein Ballroom. That was phenomenal. Uh, you know, I've seen him at so many different types of venues. I've seen him from 150 to 70,000 yeah, yeah. fans. And he always gave this, you know, I've seen him at house shows, I've seen him at Raws, I've seen him at pay-per-views. We went down to Raleigh to see him and CM Punk wrestle in a pay-per-view match. And he always gave the same effort. And that's why, uh, you know, th- there was the character. But that, that was the other thing, that he was a great technical wrestler, and he gave it his all. 
and it didn't matter if you were sitting there watching him with 150 people on a basketball court in the Manassas Rec Center or in front of 70,000 people at the Superdome. He was going to give you the same match. And it was, that's why. It's magic. It, it really was. There, there aren't guys like, many yep. guys like that yep. anymore. And we're all, I, we're, you know, it, it's this whole thing. You, you feel like talking about a guy who's dying. You it, know what I mean? And that sucks because he's not. But Daniel Bryan is dying. But yeah, the Bryan Danielson right, the, the is still around, but yeah. Daniel Bryan it's is like a, is dying for all intents and purposes. That's so depressing. You it, know, like I want to say something here to sort of tie it all together, but like God, we, we were so lucky to have been able to experience this run. You know what I mean? But like, you still just come and keep coming back to this sucks. It, it really sucks. Um, you know, and especially when he says, you know, how grateful he is for us, like, uh, like that. Well, the moment on Monday night was. Oh, it, it was heart wrenching. That was, you know, I, pe- might, I think I was the only person that didn't cry, dude. Just I, dude, I, I don't know how. I cried. I'm <laughs> not even I'm, lying. Just because I'm grown, right? But, you well, know, but <laughs> no, dude, if you didn't cry in it, then I, I think that yeah, you right. Might be then we got a question whether or not you're a real person. No, no I told you, you might be a sociopath. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just. Uh, I don't, I don't cry a lot. I'm a man. But when, Shut up. I don't cry a lot. Well, either, yeah. Daniel Bryan, I, it was really sad, though. I mean, I think that was the best retirement speech that's been. You know, we, we talk about HBK. We talk about Flair. Right. I, I think that one, just because it felt the most genuine. It felt the most passionate. Well, and it wasn't uh, what it was. was and it a, was a 32-year-old retiring. Right. Not it's, it's, a, a, it's not a guy that, like, come on, you probably should have retired a decade ago. Bro. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this was a, dude, we really do want 10 more years out yep. of you. Yeah. And yet we have to watch... We have to watch this come to an end, and it is killing us. You're handling it so much better than we are. Yep. We are not handling it well, right? Like It's one of those things, though, I feel like um, he just got to uh, – when he was talking about his interview with Coach yesterday about how, I mean, no, the, eventually the, you just – you want to be able to live. Yep. And I think he, when he finally says, I have got ten to... documented concussions. And, you and, say, and he said yesterday oh. he went a little. He talked about the lesions. Yeah, he had, like stop, so, stop. Yeah. Like you know, yes, get out now, please. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. As much as we're all fans, we'd much rather see him walk away and not have to see him at a convention when he's fifty in a wheelchair. Yes, because you know we don't want to see that. So I'd, I'd much rather have him start the 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 Bella. Danielson, Cena, Laurinaitis, dy- wrestling dynasty, <laughs> then, uh, you know. I, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do this. Let's grab a break here. Uh, Davey Richards is going to join us next. We're going to continue to talk about We're going to talk to Davey about what's going on in TNA. We're going to talk to Davey. We're going to do an interview, but obviously he knows. We're calling him. We're going to talk about Daniel or Brian. You know, we're going to talk about the American Dragon, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, and we're still going to talk about some other things that happen in wrestling later on in the show. It just feels like. We shouldn't. It just feels like all we should talk about this week is Daniel Bryan because he deserves to have us talk about nothing but Daniel Bryan. So that's what's coming up. Uh, I'm Glenn. That's Aaron. And that's the main event. AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms. Step up to the ATM and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. 
So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. You guys know me. I am a huge college basketball fan, and I have been to them all. I've been to Cole Fieldhouse. I've been to Cameron Indoor Stadium. I've been to Hinkle Fieldhouse. I've been to Memorial Coliseum in Nashville. I have seen all the great venues. I've even been to Madison Square Garden. But the place that you have to see is the Palestra in Philadelphia. And Drew Forrester, our buddy from DrewsMorningDish.com, wants to take you with him. And I don't think he's going to get you kicked out like he did to me at Yankee Stadium a few years back. Here's the deal. February 20th, he's going to take you to see Yale versus Penn, lower-level seat just above courtside at the Majestic Palestra. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. The bus leaves Towson at 4. You get a delicious meal from Paul Masano's, the ride to Philadelphia, beer, soft drinks, water for everyone, and a commemorative T-shirt. All you got to do is go to DrewsMorningDish.com, click on the Palestra Trip tab, and you can be in all just $69. Again, DrewsMorningDish.com. Are you a believer in the retriever? The UMBC sports marketing team is proud to support UMBC athletics through marketing and promoting the UMBC Division I game day experience with giveaways, in-game entertainment, and much, much more. Tickets for retriever action starts as low as $2. Follow UMBC sports on Instagram at retrieverbeliever and on Twitter at UMBC sports marketing for all your promotional updates of the retrievers. For a complete schedule of UMBC athletics, visit UMBCRetrievers.com. The UMBC sports marketing staff looks forward to seeing you as a retriever believer at the games. All right, back in here on Jobbing Out, it is segment number two. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, A.J. Francis, and now we are going to talk uh, to a man that is part of not... Not just one of the best tag teams in the world right now, but one of the great tag teams of an era. Part of the Wolves. You see him on Impact Wrestling Tuesday nights on Pop TV. It's a pleasure to welcome in the great Davey Richards to Jobbing Out. Davey, it's Glenn, Aaron, and AJ from the Seahawks. It's good to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking the time for us. Oh, no, thank you guys. Glad to be here. Absolutely. And obviously, and we got so much that we want to talk to you about, but you know that like the big story in the world of professional wrestling is, of course, uh, Daniel Bryan, or the American Dragon, Bryan Danielson, announcing yeah. his retirement. Can you just take me through some of your emotions as you see a guy that you've had so much history with, that you've wrestled against on a number of occasions, uh, reach this point of his life where he's got to make a decision like this? <clears throat> it's sad. It's, um, but, you know, I think there's always a silver lining in things. I've known Bryan a long way, and, you know, us, you know, Pacific Northwest guys, him being from Aberdeen and me being from <clears throat> Othello, Washington, kind of have like a unique bond. But, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate that, you know, that, uh, that, that he had to, you know, call it, you know, you know, kind of, I don't call it quits for lack of a better term. But at the same time, we've also seen with people like Junior Seau and, and different NFL athletes that have sustained concussions and, you know, and Muhammad Ali, what, you know, what has happened to him. We've seen what happens when they don't get pulled, you know, uh, at the right time from concussions. It's, it's a sad, debilitating, and, you know, very vicious, you know, uh, cycle. So, you know, on one hand, I'm, 
not happy to see him go, but I'm happy that you know, knowing that he's going to be able to live a full life and, and be healthy and, uh, you know, not suffer any further damage from professional wrestling. It's a great point, and, and I think that it's something that we need to talk about more, as much as we talk about Daniel, but as maybe a lesson for other people that, look, you, you cannot do this to yourself. You can't do this to your body. At some point, you've got to know you have a whole life to live, and there's things that are more important than going out and performing every week. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, for him, you know, I mean, he was very fortunate in the sense that, I mean, you never know when a concussion is going to happen. So, I mean, it could have happened on his, you know, third match in front of 10 people, but it happened after he'd done, you know, WrestleMania and wrestled all over the world. So, I mean, I mean, I mean I, at least I hope that he'll have, you know, closure with just with those, you know, right. uh, regards towards his career. No doubt about that. It's, we've been talking a lot about um, Daniel as a performer and the connection. It's interesting to get the perspective of someone who was there alongside him. Did, did you feel the same things when that, that, that the crowds felt when you were working with Daniel? Or was it more like, dude, he was, he was another wrestler. He was just the guy that I was working with that night. I, I, I didn't sense that it was as special as everyone else was feeling it to be. No, you always knew they had something special. I think mean, he really... Um, he really touched people's hearts in the sense that, you know, he was that guy that was always told no. And, you know, that whatever reasons he was, you know, too slow, too small, too plain, too whatever. And just pulled through. And, and then, you know, the common wrestling fan is, you know, you know, just calling a spade a spade. You know, the common wrestling fan is probably not the most popular guy in high school. And, and you know, the, the, you know, the captain of the football team and all that, they usually are like, you know, by the way, you know you're talking to an NFL athlete right now. He's like the biggest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that's and that's very rare. You very, know? very. I'm, very I'm rare, agreeing you know? with you. Like, um, you know, most, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that in a derogatory term because you know, like you know, for me, even me in high school, you know, I was, you know, captain of the wrestling team. I was an all-American wrestler. You know, I mean, and, and I still, you know, I was a complete social outcast. You know, what I mean, and, and wrestling, you know, along with like music, was like my kind of my escape and I think a lot of wrestling fans can really you know <clears throat> understand that and like they see not you know not some you know superstar that was you know pioneered in a factory but they see one of them who just you know consistently said yes I am going to make it and maybe maybe that's how yes became his catchphrase uh, and you know they saw you know and through him you know they succeeded and that's a really special thing it's really you know kind of a one-of-a-kind thing you know, when you joined Ring of Honor, it was 2006, Punk had just left, and uh, Brian Danson was pretty much the undisputed leader of that locker room. What was he like towards you uh, as a leader and when you first joined? Um, he was great. You know, me and Brian both were, you know, at that time from the Seattle area, um, and we were actually roommates for a while. And he, so he was there, like, on my first flight and on my first trip to Japan, and he was there for a lot of firsts in my career. And, you know, he was always there with a really – fun-loving guy, you know, definitely like a jokester and a prankster, but, uh, you know, never anything, you know, malicious or anything like that. And I'm always willing to give advice and always willing to help people. And, you know, just a, just a, uh, you know, just kind of a zest for life. You know, it really inspired people, you know, without even trying. So, yeah, he was definitely, definitely going to be missed. David, you're not, you know, Daniel wasn't the first undersized guy to get an opportunity in professional wrestling, but he seemed to do maybe even more with it than so many other guys had. You were a guy who's who's five eight. Um, yeah. do, do you look at him and say the impact that people talk about for what he's done for guys that maybe don't have the look is as significant as we make it out to be? Yeah, I think he. Um, I think I think you know I, I, I don't even go to far 
as to say that I know, he changed the landscape. You know, he forced people to look get past, you know, the, the common, you know, prototype of a wrestler, which is these big jacked up guys. I mean, no disrespect to them, but there's, you know, there's a place for everyone. Everyone has something special, whether, you know, and whether you're, you know, massive or not. You can uh, you can bring something special in and make people and you know emotionally invest and he did that so he opened up a lot of doors I think size is kind of an easy thing to point at just because you know it's a it's it's a phenotype you know it's like oh we see size here so you know we'll just concentrate on that but it's not so much the the size you know it's it's the emotion that he brought behind it you know I mean I think Brian would have been had the same emotional invest where he was you know five nine or if he was you know nine five you know i don't think it really would have mattered he's had that something special that you know really touched people's hearts you know what i mean and that's you know he was one of them and that's you know kevin owens does the same thing yeah. he's very good at that too so size is kind of notwithstanding but it's a very easy thing to you know put in the forefront because you can see it you can feel it, you can touch it and sometimes when things aren't you know <clears throat> are, are are you know it's so easily transparent you know or something's when Sometimes when things are transparent, you know, it's not so easy to judge them. But I think the emotional impact, you know, far outweighs, you know, kind of physical attributes or lack thereof. And, Davey, this is uh, AJ. First, I would like to say, um, if ever you want to come down to Renton and come to the Seahawks facility, you are more than welcome. Because I, me and Aaron, I think, Glenn, you, you've been to DuBurns for a ring of Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, um, we've, I've seen at least 10, 15-year matches at DuBurns for Ring of Honor. And I was just, if you ever wanted to come, you're more than welcome. But my question is, <laughs> my question. Oh, that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you, you're absolutely welcome. Um, I remember one time when your music was too loud, kind of like it was today. Yeah, was shut up. Yeah. But it, your music was too loud on an intro, and I almost blew out my eardrums. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll never forget that, the wolf howl. But uh, uh, my question for you is, we heard last night Daniel talk about how he used to wrestle in parking lots of gas stations. Do you like? Do you know where? Did you and Daniel ever used to do those kind of matches in Seattle, or was that somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, not so much Washington State because um, Washington's always been a regulated state, and they're real. They have a really tough commission there. But um, me and Brian have wrestled in British Columbia quite a bit of times. Um, we would go up there for a, a place called DCCW. And, um, yeah, I mean, but we've done, done shows like that together. Boy, it seems like all over the world, unfortunately. <laughs> so, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things, you know, I mean, much like a football player, you know, you start out, you know, you know, doing, you know, Pop Warner and, you know, high school in front of family and friends. And, you know, that's, yeah. you know, it's through cutting your teeth like that, you, you know, you get to, you, get to, you know, doing a front stadium. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's all an experience. I think any of us who have done it, you know, wouldn't trade it for anything because it made us who we are. Absolutely. Uh, when when Brian ended up leaving Ring of Honor with Nigel, they both had kind of their their going away tours, and you were picked to uh, have that second to last match with him. Uh, what was that match like, and and what what was just that moment like for you, and and how big of an honor was it to be selected for that match? Um, it was a huge honor. I was not really. My mind wasn't really in the match because earlier that night, my tag partner, Eddie Edwards, had a broken his elbow. Um, so I was concerned with him, but um, and uh, as was Brian, of course. <clears throat> but, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, he's going away. This is kind of his last hurrah, and we just want to have fun and enjoy the experience. And, you know, and like me and Brian, I think our work ethic is something we very much are known for, and we very much, you know, value ourselves. You know, we're definitely, we've always said, like, we're not the talented guys, but we're the grinders. So we knew, like, it was going to be a good match. We just wanted to enjoy as much as we could. Obviously, my mind was on other things at the time. 
He is Davey Richards, and he joins us here on Jobbing Out. Davey, just uh, one more on Brian, because I do want to talk about what you guys are doing, and, and obviously the Wolves are having so much success right now in TNA. Um, you know, as far as um, wrestlers go, we talked a little bit about identifying this about yourself. Do you feel like this is going to be important for other guys to see a guy that truly was on top walk away and, and understand the significance? Do you think there will be a lesson learned by other guys in your business that y- you've got to think about this stuff and you can't allow yourself to become, you know, the guy that you were talking about, the, you know, the Junior Seau, the, the Muhammad Ali, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, you know, you know, wrestling's kind of a, uh, boy, it's, it, it's, it's kind of in a, you know, kind of a, a league of its own, you know, for better or for worse, because, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, both, wrestlers and promoters can get away with that wouldn't fly and say like the NFL where it's highly regulated. There's a lot of testing and stuff and, you know, and I, I'm, I'm envious of, you know, those athletics were having that. And so wrestlers have, I feel, take it upon themselves to kind of monitor their own health. And, but it's hard, you know, because for a lot of people, wrestling is really all they have. Cause like I said, a lot of these people find, you know, wrestling because, you know, it was their escape in life. So to take their one escape and their identity and their, <clears throat> reason you know kind of for being away from them and you know unjustly at that it, it that's a hard pill to swallow it's, i mean that may be even harder than you know the concussions i don't know but uh but yeah i definitely feel like we have to be more diligent about you know the head trauma and things like that and obviously wrestling companies as far as from what i've seen by and large you know both the big leagues and the independents are taking precautions as best they can as best they know how uh, as far as, you know, limiting the, the chair shots to the head, which should not even be happening at all anymore, and, yeah. you know, the, the getting dropped on the head and stuff. And I think people are being more diligent. And, um, you know, hopefully that trend continues, and hopefully there's a way that – because, you know, the education's out there, but it's kind of hard to weed through if you don't have, like, you know, a, a strong knowledge of, like, medical terminology. So hopefully that can be kind of, like, you know, deciphered, for lack of a better term, for, you know, so everyday wrestlers and promoters and everything like that can understand it better we can take care of ourselves and take care of each other. All right, let's let's talk about you. Let's talk about TNA. Let's talk about the Wolves. You you show up in uh, TNA, at, at, and then you go through what, from the outside, appeared to be this just tumultuous time for the company, and what's the future of television, and what's going on, and you come out on the other end of it with this really good TV deal on Pop TV. I, I think, for me, I think it's... Uh, as well as anyone could have done in this situation, to tell you the truth, it's a very legitimate network that people have, yep. that people can see. Um, you know, what was it like sort of going through that over the course of the last 12 months, and how much more comfortable are you now coming out of it the way that it ended up working out? Uh, <clears throat> it was, you know, we, we had heard a lot of bad things about TNA and how it was managed when we first came in there. And, uh, you know, I was already kind of wary of just professional wrestling as a whole, just because I kind of felt like my time was done in it. You know, but I thought, you know, give it one more shot, you know. And I got to say, you know, I've been very happy there. You know, I really, and I'm a pretty outspoken person, you know. It's, you know, <laughs> maybe too outspoken for my own good. But, you know, I, uh, you know, so I wouldn't, I definitely don't have a problem, you know, saying, you know, what I feel about certain things. But, you know, I've never been disrespected there, you know. we, I mean, there was some uncertainty at times, but that uncertainty was from the top down, you know. You know, I've always been, you know, treated with respect. I've always been, you know, if I had a question, I could go to someone, I got an answer, and I've never been told one thing and, they, and they've done another. You know, like, 
you know, and, and it really truly does, you know, feel like a family there. So, you know, it, it, don't get me wrong. I mean, there was some, there were some dark times, you know, as far as that whole destination America fiasco, that really, really sucked. But, you know, like, but as far as like the company, when we tape TV and when we're all together and performing, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so odd of all the things they can label TNA as or, or call them. They say like they have bad morale. <laughs> it's almost like it, you got to be kidding me because it is, that's like calling me. That's like not calling me every name in the books. Excuse me, being really tall. It's, just, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, you can't even take it seriously. The morale there is, you know, fantastic. And you know, as been since I moved there, uh, <clears throat> since I moved careers there. So you know, I, I don't know. It's a uh, it's it, it's a lot better now as far as like the stability is concerned because you know, like say things were kind of screwy there for a while. You know, Destination America really kind of not only took a shot at us, really took a shot at you know, wrestling as a whole because they they kind of. I don't know if screws the right word, but definitely, you know, undermined Ring of Honor and undermined us, you know, but, you know, that's the past, and we both, you know, both companies have moved forward, and we're both better off without them, so, uh, you know, that, them being Destination America, so, you know, I'm very, you know, very happy to be there, as I always have, and just, you know, a lot more stable now. You know, with, with the move to pop, it seems like one of the things that the company is trying to do is reestablish that tag division. Of course, you have you guys, the Wolves, and they've got beer money back together, and now this uh, new team, The Decay. Uh, do, do you yeah. feel like the tag team division, which was at one point in TNA one of the top in the world, is now really making an effort to get uh, revitalized again and get back to that level? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's it's very uh, they put a lot of you know they put a lot of trust in me and Eddie, and they put a lot of you know energy into the uh, tag division as a whole, and they're constantly you know coming up with new teams and asking us our input and different guys out there. It's hard nowadays because it seems like everyone's signed somewhere, so. Uh, you know, it's hard to bring as many tag teams as we want in, but you know, every tag team we can bring in, they do, or, or they, you know, they, they, you know, they'll, they'll put Kurt Angle and Drew Galloway together for a night and they'll bring back beer money. So I mean, like, yeah, it's been great. And then, you know, we've been given a lot of time. I mean, like, there's not a lot of companies that can say, you know, like in one year, we've done, you know, Iron Man matches, cage matches, we've done, you know, weapons matches, we've done, you know, straight up tag matches, two out of three fall. We've done all these things. You know, and so we've really, you know, been fortunate and very, you know, grateful for, uh, you know, all the opportunities they've given us, and I feel like we've shined in every one of them. Davey, uh, my uh, question I have is, in TNA, there's a bunch of guys, and obviously I don't know if you've worked with all of them, I doubt it, but there's a bunch of guys around the world that are wrestlers that you probably haven't worked with as well. My question is, in TNA and then just around the world, it doesn't have to be WWE, it could be anywhere, it could be New Japan, who are one in TNA, one around the world that you would love to work a three to six month program with? Oh man, that's hard to narrow down. Um, I think I really like. Uh, I mean, the, the obvious answer for like around the world is like I, I think, and obviously I had a hand in training him, so I'm biased. But so I would say Kyle O'Reilly. I think he's one of okay. the best there yeah. is. I also think uh, Zach Sabre Jr. is really, really fun to watch, and he's very uh, refreshing. Um, as far as TNA, I mean, man, that's, geez, that's really hard. Uh, I always thought, uh, I, I always wanted to work something with Eric Young. You know, I always thought he was really, really, really talented, and, you know, and, like, I love to do, like, a long-term thing with Bobby Roode. I think he's really, really, you know, underrated. I don't ever want to wrestle Drew, up, Drew Galloway because, he, you know, although he's a fantastic wrestler, he beat the living Christ out of him in the ring. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he realizes he's one of those 9-5 guys, you know. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, great guy, you know, phenomenal athlete, phenomenal wrestler. He's a, he's a 
Yeah, you know, I, I would love to do a thing with Bobby Lashley too. You know, hey, there, there's something, there's something just different about when you wrestle someone with like a legitimate sports background. They just have that that extra gear. You know, what I mean, it's it's hard. It's you know, me and Kurt Angle were talking about that once. You know, and they just you know, it's it, it's hard to put into words. You just kind of know like this person is not going to go or they're not going to stop, and you know they're going to keep pushing forward and going. And if they're tired, they don't care. If they're hurt, they don't care. If they're in pain, they don't care. They're just going to move forward, and that brings something special out of you. So. You know, anything like that, you know, is you know, that would be really fun. So like Bobby will actually be, you know, first thing that popped in my head. But you know, it, it's so hard to narrow down a teenager. Those guys are so talented, man. It's it's hard to even, you know, value and, you know, appreciate how talented they are until you're in the ring with them. It's it's amazing. It's been about seven years now that you and Eddie have uh, been doing this thing together, which is really a remarkable run. I know there are tag teams that sort of become life tag teams and it seems like you guys are, are kind of going down that road. It, can you kind of take me through one? When, when it started, did you have any idea that, like, seven years later, you'd still be doing this with him and multiple promotions and everything you guys have accomplished? And then, <clears> two, like, as, as a guy that's a very capable individual wrestler, singles wrestler, is, is it ever difficult? Do you feel like you've been stigmatized a little bit as being a tag team wrestler? Um, as far as this, you know, Sticking, you know, and, and still being a uh, uh, a tag team. No, I, I didn't think we would, but not because we weren't. We, you know, we've never not gotten along or anything. I didn't think I'd be wrestling this long. <laughs> I, I thought it'd be done. You know, I'm, I, I I I thought I'd be Doctor Richards by now. But you know, <laughs> wrestling. You know, being a teenager kind of revived me and you know made me you know realize that wrestling is really fun again. And uh, and then as far as like the single stuff, I mean, it does kind of you know like. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those telling your problems thing. It's like, oh, you know, I don't think many people are going to have much sympathy on me if I go, well, you know, I'm known as one half of the, you know, the, the greatest tag team. You know, world, you know? <laughs> it really uh, sucks. Uh, God, God, I hate yeah, that. But, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's real tough, man. You know, so, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I've always said, and it comes from the bottom of my heart, the thing I'm most proud of in wrestling, regardless of everything else I've won. It is the American Wolves because it was made, you know, by us for the fans. There was no, there was no corporate hands anywhere involved in that, and there never has been, and there never will be. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it just never will be. So it's uh, you know, I, I would love to do singles wrestling stuff, so would Eddie, but never at the expense of, of the American Wolves. You know, it just kind of we would like to do it concurrently. You know, it's really funny. You talked about uh, saying that you'd be Doctor Richards by now, and when I got the uh, message back from Davey about whether or not he could come on today. He said, well, I do have a calculus class coming <laughs> yeah. up a little bit later on in the <laughs> afternoon. I got stuff to do. I got things that I'm working on. So that's really cool. All right, we know we, yeah. can, we can plug Twitter. It's at Richards Wesley. Um, what else can we plug for you other than, of course, obviously you can see him on uh, Pop TV on Tuesday nights on Impact Wrestling at 9 o'clock. Uh, you, know, you know, for me, honestly, man, I, I don't have, like, a lot of things. Uh, I mean, I mean, I – strongly urge everyone to go to my pro wrestling tea store uh and buy a shirt and e- even if you hate me because i don't get any of the money like i won't accept any of the money um all the money of the ghosts from selling my shirts i make them put in a donation well uh, uh yeah okay so now like, we're all buying shirts okay, so we're all going to buy shirts so basically i just kind of screwed you guys so now you now you're going to be all pieces of crap if you don't buy one <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean other than that you know i you know just uh you know, I, I really, I guess if, if anyone, if I could ask anything, you know, the Twitter thing, that's all great and fine, you know, but, you know, more so, like, 
I'm different, man. I think for most wrestlers, because I love wrestling. I don't need wrestling. Like I don't need the money. I have a really good career outside of it. You know, I mean, I'm in medical school, so I have a future in that. I really truly love this, and I can say like more times than one, this professional wrestling thing has really saved my life. It really got me through some dark times, and you know, and TNA was, you know, and regards everyone, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but. Regardless of what people think of TNA, TNA really, you know, gave me a lot of uh, refreshing and, and a lot of, and a new hope in wrestling. So I just, I guess, maybe I could ask anything from fans. It'd be any fan out there who has <clears throat> kind of given up on TNA for, you know, for whatever reasons that were before me. You know, it's, I, I, I'm sorry, I had nothing to do with that. Just, just give it a shot. You know, just, just come back, give us a shot, and see if you like it again. Because I can tell you, where everyone there is really working their tail off to really, you know, give the fans something good and, and to make up for the, the wrong decisions and people make mistakes but i can tell you right now like we're trying our hardest and you know you have the hardest working crew in wrestling i have no doubt about it so you know if i can ask anything just fans have given up on it you know give it another shot and if you like it tell a friend that's awesome man and i i gotta throw this in am i seeing on your wife's twitter page that you are about to uh have a child yeah, yeah, it's uh, which I'm kind of pissed off about because they said I can't deliver the thing myself. So I <laughs> well, if you just uh, don't call the ambulance, right? Yeah, just do it at home, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they see, yeah, it, it kind of works out because I am the ambulance. That's, I don't <laughs> but you know, it's uh, anyways. Yeah, March fifteenth is the due date. Uh, health is one hundred percent perfect. Uh, nothing's gone wrong. She's uh, very healthy. She's definitely, you know, it's she's a very tiny lady, so this is kind of new to her. But she's very excited. I'm very excited. And yeah, March March fifth, I will. That's uh, awesome, will be man. A Father to a son. My uh, my little boy just turned one last week, and it's just the greatest. Right. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened ever. And <laughs> these guys all make fun of me for it. I don't care. I I will gladly never go out again in my life because of the happiness. Yeah, well, that, I hear you there. Yeah, man, it's it's unbelievable. Hey, Davey, thank you so much for doing this for us this week, man. We really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thank you, guys. Are you a believer in the Retriever? The UMBC sports marketing team is proud to support UMBC athletics through marketing and promoting the UMBC Division I game day experience with giveaways, in-game entertainment, and much, much more. Tickets for Retriever action starts as low as $2. Follow UMBC Sports on Instagram at Retriever Believer and on Twitter at UMBC Sports Marketing for all your promotional updates of the Retrievers. For a complete schedule of UMBC athletics, visit UMBCRetrievers.com. The UMBC sports marketing staff looks forward to seeing you as a Retriever believer at the games. Looking for licensed Orioles and Ravens jewelry for the sports fan in your life? Charles Nusenoff and Sons Jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville since 1923. Charles Nusenoff and Sons has provided the Baltimore area with affordable fine jewelry, quality repair workmanship, and a total devotion to customer service. Looking to pop the question? Charles Nusenoff and Sons has designer mountings and certified loose diamonds. Prices that can't be beat for the perfect proposal. Download their new app, the Vow Engagement Ring finder for iphone or android and search styles get prices and even upload a picture of your hand and try rings on virtually charles newson often sons orioles ravens jewelry and the vow engagement ring finder go to charlesnewsonoff.com or call 410-661-5050 charles newson often sons jewelers 8720 Sater hill road in park let's scroll together Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. 
Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms, because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. Much longer intro than I'm used to. And Daniel Bryan walks out now. Man, that is good stuff right there. Oh, yeah. All right, it's segment number three, or the final segment, if you will. Oh, because it's final count. We had a program director, AJ Francis, yeah. take care of that one. Yeah. He's the main event and the program director. There we go. Yeah. Don't you ever forget it. I'm jobbing out. I know words. That, uh, that, that is still hearing like 2,000 people singing this at once well, as a yeah, wrestler. It's sure. so awesome. It's not as good as everybody singing along with Madonna. No. It's not as good as but that. But it's better than people saying a lot. Do you understand how, Man. ever since you showed me the Grado video, I'm completely obsessed? Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. I'm completely I, obsessed I, I, Have with you Grado. looked at any of the other uh, ICW stuff? Like A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever stumble on the uh, the local hero? Uh, I'm comp- John, Je- Jeff? I can't even remember. I know he's the local hero, and he uh, makes parodies of like various songs every time he comes nope, out. Nope, but I'm all in. I'm going to go find it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. go, go find it. It's phenomenal. Go. But. All right. Uh, Glenn, Aaron, AJ. The main event. Yeah, I normally try to limit that to like twice a show instead of letting him do it every time. Thanks again to Davey Richards for joining us to, uh, to, to share his thoughts on the retirement of Daniel Bryan and um, just what it meant to him being a part of his career in Ring of Honor. And I uh, appreciate Davey hopping on with us. And uh, – Hopefully we'll be able to do that again. So obviously we've been doing a lot of Daniel Bryan for for clear reasons, and that's the way it should be this week. But there are other things that happen in the world of professional wrestling. So here's what we're going to do. We're, instead of going over by an hour on this week's show, which we're going to try to avoid, we're going to make this week's quick count three things that came from Raw on Monday night. All right? So three things that happened on Raw on Monday night that we feel like are worthy of discussion. Look, the show itself is fine. It's just that... The show was Daniel Bryan. I mean, that's just... The... Because wrestling is Daniel Bryan. Correct. Right? Exactly. So three other things that, that popped up either during the show or after the show. Let's start with this one. Uh, AJ tweeted about this during the show. So here's the... I didn't get to watch Raw on Monday until like 10.30. So AJ tweeted me, and I was really worried that he had ruined... I was still of the impression that perhaps the whole Daniel Bryan thing was a work. And I was very worried that like AJ had tweeted something that was going to like give away. Because I was avoiding Twitter. I was avoiding... Mm-hmm. In case I, you, it wasn't You guys were both texting. I was avoiding all the texts. I hadn't looked oh, at yeah, all the texts. I was wondering why you didn't yeah. respond. Yeah, and then I, well, I responded at like 12.30 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And then I accidentally clicked on, like AJ at tweeted me, and I clicked on it, and I was so paranoid after I clicked on it that I was about to find out whether or not it was a work. Right. And as it turns out, he was just saying, 
Glenn's got to be excited there's two Divas matches. And the answer is, yes, I am. I'm very much excited that there are. I am really, uh, this is what, I, it's such a small thing to ask for, right? But I, it's it's a good thing that yeah. you can have concurrently two functional Divas programs. Um, I, I, again, I know that one of them involves around the championship and the championship, blah, blah, blah. But they're both functional right now. Maybe I didn't love... The, the weird interaction with Team Bad last week, and it, it got there in a weird way, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad idea or a bad concept or it's a bad program. It was just a weird way I to get I there. It wasn't, it wasn't, I thought last week was a little bit. Why? They came out and said that we support you, blah, 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 and then turned. That's I, just not, I, I think that you could have, if you were ultimately going to do a turn, I think there are a million ways to do a turn that aren't. No, we're, we're cool. But they I tried mean, to make it look like, because... You would I mean, expect the, the, the awkward thing was that it was five minutes. Yeah, later. it's like a, it's like you're trying to get to a swerve and like yeah. You, oh, so now the thing that you're complaining about, I'm, you, you just said he was nitpicking, is I, the fact that they don't have enough. At first, they didn't have two diva storylines running can't, together. Can't, now this now one no of no matter them, what I say. Now the second one took on too much Bryan time. Week. Even Daniel Bryan was a great champion. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Even on Daniel Bryan week, I just we can't get along. Um, no, no, no. I'm really happy about this. This, this works out really well. And I, again, the only thing I'll say, AJ, is this cannot be the one time they did it. No, I think this is perfect and it's going to build to after Fastlane, you're going to be able to get Paige back into another storyline. Which is what we talked about last week. And and that's going to be the big question. What they, because clear, well, not clearly, but it seems likely that they're going towards the triple threat. What do you, do they have, you know, even even if it's just like an eight person divas tag or something, do something else? I think you should, it would be cool to have a divas, I can't, you can't say battle royal. Because there's already going to be the hundred, the giant battle. And the other difficult part about because they've done those well, types we're of matches. Assuming that they have enough of a roster to do an hundred, yeah, the true. giant battle. It's, it's more that you have to have a purpose to doing that match, right? Like, and this is what I always talk about. The yeah, number one contender. Say for the number one contender. Yeah, but even that seems like sort of a cop out. Like the, you need a storyline, a concurrent storyline that goes on at the same time. And not most just, likely, it's going to be something with Total Divas. But if, yeah. as, as long as you do it I, right, if, as long as it functions it's not just, on its yeah. own on Raw, I'm, I can even live with that. Yeah. I think it obviously has to involve Paige because Paige is the one that's sort of on the outside right now. That yeah. It doesn't make sense for her to be on the outside because she's Paige and Paige is great. Um, but no, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Again, whatever wonky way it got there, I'm thrilled that it's yep. there. Continue to have two good diva storylines operating at the same time and two functional divas matches at pay-per-views. Big thumbs up for me. That, to me, is truly the divas revolution. The yep. divas revolution is not... We caught up some girls. And, and, ha- and it doesn't have to be two matches at every pay-per-view. But yeah, if you can sure. If it makes sense. It, and that's yeah. a treat well, it like a normal. if you can make a third match make sense. You have yeah. enough yeah. quality performers. Just treat it like a regular division. Don't, yeah. you know. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. And so I, that, to me, truly the Divas Revolution is when that just happens. It, we don't have to make a big deal out of it. It's yeah. just happening. Then you know that something great is going on. And so I'm with that. All right. Uh, number two. There was a There was a turn. There yep. was a there was a turn that we had rumored. Do you, you know, know who we are? Do you know who we are? That's no. what that's what he said. That's what it, it is. What he said, actually. <laughs> that's what you know, you, it was right, a little bit awkward. <laughs> it's a little bit awkward that you did it right before the Daniel Bryan thing, right? Like <laughs> it sort of like sucked a little bit of the energy out of it because like we're all waiting for the Daniel Bryan thing and like oh. Well, that happened, and then huh. it can't breathe for even a second. Like, right. It happened, and then you're immediately on from it. Like, it didn't happen. But, yeah, so the Dudleys uh, inch their way into this match uh, with the Usos against the New Day. And 
it, it was uh, it was a weird again. It was I mean, a sort of a wonky way of getting there, but given what you're going to end up doing, it ends up making a lot of sense. Um, you know, I'm I'm for it. I don't know what else you're getting out of the Dudley. Yeah, exactly, right and that's the thing. You, Give them one more Mania match versus New Day. New Day yeah. gets to go over, and they're now faces. Yeah. And it, I think it, I think it's fine. Yeah, you basically I'm, either had to turn them heel or break them up, and and possibly try to get a singles run out of Bubba. Like those were your only two options. This is a you fine. can save that for right. And um, later. I'm I'm saying, but you had to do something because yeah. there was no purpose for them being on TV. The, the nostalgia run had you know. Kind of worn out its welcome. You need to do something. Right. Yeah. This makes sense. There's nothing else really to do with it, right? right. Like you're not going to do further storyline development with the Dudley boys, but this does give it that. If you happen to have been a fan of TNA and you like Bully Ray, you might be into this. Well, Dudleys I, were heels in their WWE yeah, run they too. Were heels, like, absolutely, no so, doubt. You know, I, I'm, whatever. I'm good by this. I just think that they're purposely going to try to make Bubba be more like Bully Ray. I think that, that that's sort of what they're going to do yeah, here. Absolutely. Um, and I'm good with that. <laughs> Another Bully Ray. Bully Ray was a phenomenal that character. That's what I'm like Bubba really, even before he got to TNA, was like Devon is De- Reverend Devon was not. That was a, that was a mess. Come on, Deacon but, Batista. Uh, I know, Deacon without Batista, Deacon, without Deacon Batista him, there's no I Mania I'm, Thirty triple threat match. I un- well, that is true actually. <laughs> um, but you know, but remember when Bubba cut the promo? All that we talked about it when we had Bubba on the show. He cut that promo about the title all those years ago, and like you could yeah. see in that moment, he was a guy that was always capable of giving you more and not just being part of what's up you know what right. i mean like there was always something more that you could get out of him and i hope that you'll use the next couple of months to get that out of him because i think it's there you know i think he's good at capable of cutting very good promos and and it would make being sense. a good heel it would make sense if they lose well hopefully they lose at mania if they right. a match versus new day but once they lose then they might swing away to get a rematch and they lose that one then you yeah, have Bubba, Bubba turn, on, turn on Devon saying, you know, you're not good. You're holding me down. Boom. Now yeah. you got Bubba Ray. I, I'm for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm for it. Absolutely. Uh, and then number three is one of the more bizarre stories of in a while, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, this morning, because we taped this on Wednesday, we learn that one of my favorites is being suspended for a while. I still don't really understand why. Yeah, so so here's what happened if you've missed this, if you weren't able to see the video before it got taken down from YouTube, is that, you know, on the network after Raw, they kept they kept it live. They uh, showed all the people, you know, all the locker room pour out, do a yes chant. They showed Daniel Bryan going around to the crowd, hugging people, gave Michael uh, Cole a big hug. Um, and then he walked to the back. He hugged McMahon on the way and walked through. Now, as he walked to the back, then the people on the stage started walking back. Vince was the first guy to go. And on his way to the back, it seemed like Titus tried to reach in for a hug. It wasn't exactly, you know, clear what he was doing. But he touched McMahon, and McMahon kind of recoiled and shoved Titus. And uh, it looked awkward. Some people were saying, oh, you know, they're just joking around. Because it seemed like Titus was, you know, trying to give him a hug or whatever. And it comes out. I today certainly that don't think he was trying to take a shot at Vince McMahon. <laughs> I, it would seem odd if you were trying right? to take a physical shot at Vince McMahon, but uh, it now, only worked for Austin. <laughs> uh, Ninety days, which is a long suspension when you consider what uh, wellness violations only sixty days, right? All right. So this one's ninety days. Uh, you know, I imagine there has to be some subtext there. I I, I just can't oh, imagine. I, I ha- it, what? <laughs> like, I mean, we, we know, wait, let's, let's say this. We know that Vince McMahon 
is petty. We know that he does care about like how things look in public. And, and that's the suspension. thing. Like, it, it wasn't necessarily the smartest move when you're doing a big emotional thing to kind of reach out when you're when you're on the network and you know whether or not it should have embarrassed Vince, but you know, kind of in like front Vince of Vince is supposed to be bigger Vince than had, Titus. Titus O'Neil is Vince had poop to be dipped yeah. on, dropped on him. Oh right, yeah, but, but that, yeah, that was a thing. That, you know. <laughs> But no, in that moment, he's supposed to be the, the, the biggest person on the planet. Right. Yeah. And Titus O'Neil is not supposed to be on Vince McMahon's level. Right. That, within the storyline. So it, it wasn't Titus necessarily the smartest thing. Even just not storyline, but just in general, you know, well, he, no, he I cares. Apparently he's a big practical joker, but like behind the stage, but he's all business when he's in front of a camera. So when you know a camera is on you, you know, let's, let's play. It's not necessarily the smartest thing for Titus to do. 90 days seems crazy. Yeah, I would think that like you go have a conversation with Titus. Titus you, you says, Dude, I completely forgot that we were still on the network. You, bear, you know, I, you, you squash him if you right. have to. Like you know that, I mean? that's the normal thing for you. you get well, I don't know how much the problem is. I don't know how much more you can squash. Hey, come on. He Titus. won on, or did he win? No, that's right. Adam Rose won. <laughs> Man, like, I don't know. There's much more squashing that can <laughs> well, be done. Well, whatever. You pull off TV, whatever. Right. Yeah. I hear yeah. you. 90 days, it's, it, it smells to me. If he misses out on a mania payday, like, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's not insignificant. Yeah, I, this doesn't make any sense to me. And, like, I don't know whether to be angry or not, because, again, it, it feels like there has to be something more here. There's no – because if that's all this is, is that Titus, you know, grab Vince's arm while he's walking, then, then either, one, he was really trying to do something to him and he should be fired, or, two – Vince this is, is an asshole. Correct. It, it feels very difficult there's any gray area between there. You know what I mean? Like, if he didn't fire the guy, it's because clearly he wasn't doing anything malicious. That if he wasn't doing anything malicious, you're really suspending the guy 90 days? Oh, man. And, you, and know, like, you know, I guess, you know, to be fair, we don't, we, we're here, we're hearing a report that it's 90 days. It's very possible this is a suspension, <sighs> it turned into 90 days, and we see him back in three weeks. Like, you know. I, I hope. I mean, I don't really know why he's being suspended to begin with. So. And, I, and also, when he lost that match on on Raw, I feel like as if he looked great in the match and he lost on a roll-up. I really feel as if they were building for a Titus social outcast storyline, which would make sense. Because yeah, I mean, you're not doing much with either of them, especially yeah. if... I will find out this weekend if, uh, if uh, Stardust is going to be doing anything with Stephen Amell since they're going to be at the Dallas Comic Con together. Okay. Uh, so hypothetically, if something is going to happen, that should be starting this weekend. Um, so if, if they're moving Stardust away from Titus, you put Titus in there. You know, it's it's something to do. It was made even if he never got a pay per view match out of it. If he got a storyline that he could showcase his abilities over the next. Four to six weeks yeah. in Wrestle time to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah. It would have been a good m- move, but now you don't know. Uh, don't by know. the way, again, the report was from Pro Wrestling Insider, and it was the report said upwards of 90 days. Upwards of 90 days? Yeah. Okay. So, so it's possible that it, it could be one of those things. Hopefully where it's nine. Through, yeah, in, in two to three weeks. It's just like, all right, you've, you've learned your lesson. Don't Whatever touch the me. lesson don't, was. Don't touch me on camera anymore. Man. I, I don't know. It's just all, it's all very weird. All very weird. All right. So for this week's top five, as we have been talking Daniel Bryan this week, we thought about different ways that we could go. And ultimately, you know, we, and we had David Richards on. We were talking about guys, the impact, the legacy of Daniel Bryan. And it got us thinking that this week's top five should be top five guys that could end up filling the Daniel Bryan void that will be, that will benefit from Daniel Bryan and could ultimately sort of be the next Daniel be, Bryan, be the next or... guy to truly connect with the, you know everything that we talked about, all of the connection with the crowd, the the person who you know, and reach a higher level, right. Because of Daniel Bryan, 
that's what we're going with for our top five this week. So who wants to start? Uh, you know what? I'll start. Yeah, you're the main event. I always start. Main event always starts. Well, actually, he always finishes, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's a great well, point. Actually, actually, actually well, I don't know. I'm raw. Yeah, it's typically both. That's a good point. Yeah, you start and finish. All right, your number five. Uh, my number five is Dolph Ziggler. And the reason I say Dolph Ziggler is because there, there was a purposeful point Michael Cole kept making on Raw on Monday talking about how Dolph Ziggler is like Daniel Bryan, a scrappy underdog that fights and relates to the crowd. And this was on the night Daniel Bryan was retiring, and I don't think that was an accident. Um, and, and also because Dolph Ziggler's already also done that. One of the loudest pops I've ever heard on Raw was when he won the World Heavyweight title from Alberto Del Rio. If he can capture that again, especially with the lack, I mean, he got squashed last year because Daniel Bryan came back. Remember, he won the, he was Survivor the lone series. survivor yeah. at Survivor Series and he won Rolling Stones Wrestler of the Year in the same year. Right. And guess what? Daniel Bryan came back, and it ended up pushing him back because they kind of had the same role in the company. Well, so now the, I think that that is an open opportunity for Dolph to continue with the momentum he's already starting to build with this program with Kevin Owens. Yeah, and Dolph is, you know, he's trying, you know, we, I, I remember, I'll, I'll never forget because I kind of hated it. I cringed when I saw it, but on Twitter, someone's like, so what, what's your character? Oh, my character's a scrappy underdog who always gets screwed over by the authority. It's like, wait a second, that's not your character. But he's clearly trying to be Daniel Bryan, even when, uh, even though it's not really working. I, my question about that is, like, has his time passed? No. That and and I think that he's was, younger than Daniel Bryan was. Well, when he but but, but I'm, I'm saying he's been in the company. I think what he's saying is like he's been kind of buried and he, he's been in the company for a decade. Is yeah, he has, be, but he was also that before that Survivor I, Series run. I'm not saying it's impossible. I think that would be the question. About That's why he's also why he's number five and not number right. Look, right. Exactly. I'm, I'm all for more Dolph Ziggler. I'm a Dolph Ziggler. Guy, Me too. So I'm, I'm for more Dog Ziggler. That was an awesome sign, Dog Ziggler. That was so right. there, there's a sign that said, where yeah. is Dog Ziggler? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Aaron, you're number five. Uh, my number five, it, it's going to be someone I think that he probably won't be just because he's going to be too big anyways. But I think depending on the way he gets booked over the next two years, I could see Dean Ambrose kind of ending up in that role. If he can't, keeps getting passed over, I think that you are going to see uh, the crowd kind of react the way that they did with Daniel Bryan. Okay. That he should be at a higher level and – Accidentally, they could create one. I think that, you know, there's a lot of not comparisons. You know, he's better on the mic than Daniel Bryan was. He's not quite the scrappy underdog type. But I think that if he is booked in a certain way and they feel that he's getting screwed over, you could kind of see that organically start to happen in the next few years. But I don't think that, that, that he will, that, that'll be an issue because I don't I either. think, I think, He's after Roman Reigns wins the title at Mania. He's the next World Heavyweight Champion, and I I agree yeah, with you. And that's you. my gut. And 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 that's the I don't think. And honestly, that no, and the only thing I think that would stop that is an injury, or if Seth Rollins comes back faster than we anticipated. Right, okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That could certainly. Um. And no, I don't expect that either. But I also don't necessarily. Ex- you know. At, at yeah, is, current is he going to have a long run? Is he going to well, have? Not like, just that, Daniel Bryan was a champion. I just you know, don't think there are a lot of two months. There aren't a lot of people who can be Daniel Bryan. So as a default, he's in that uh, my number five is sort of let's get it out of the way. My number five is AJ Styles. He's my number four. I hear you. Same. I, he's my number four. Okay. So let's all good. We're good. For me, it's more of a look. Everybody knows that AJ Styles stands to benefit, and he's the guy that can. They're already force feeding the Daniel Bryan, yeah, Aaron are. Styles, compa- AJ Styles comparison. Um, I just combined like the two of your names. Like I made him, I made him Aaron Styles somehow <laughs> because like there we were. Um, 
to me, this is more of a, I don't, I, I think there's sort of a ceiling for a guy that comes in at 38. I don't know if AJ Styles can get a world title. I don't know if he can. I, I'm saying he can, but I don't boy, think it will ever they, happen at Mania. I think, yeah, I think he would at best get a SummerSlam run. Yeah, or even more like a transitional thing where, yeah. like, in the fall, they just say, well, let's give it a, a, a we got to give it to somebody. Yeah. I just don't think that there's that much that he can do. But, yes, obviously, just him being here alone can be in part attributed. Could you imagine I mean, they, they AJ already... Styles, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam? I mean, that would be, awesome. be very <laughs> much in I mean, favor of it. You know, they're trying to put, because Miz kind of said, oh, look, you're just like Daniel yeah. Bryan. Oh, no, it's, 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 yeah, but they so, you know, they're car. trying. So we have our number four. What's your number four? All right. By the way, does it does it make you any angrier? Because, like, the one thing that I've had to deal with this week is how much angrier I am that we didn't get Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar. That the the all time... I, mean, I, I, have, I haven't gotten to the anger uh, stage yet. I, I'm still in the no, sadness because, stage. No, because I think... Though Daniel Bryan Brock Lesnar would have been great. It would have been the most sellable match in the history of the WWE. Mm, no. It's the, the ultimate David Goliath story. I mean, it still wouldn't have sold more than Roxena. But, well, okay, if you want to. It doesn't mean box office. Yes, He's just I'm saying it's the easiest storyline in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, at the same time. Literally Goliath versus literally David. We don't have to I, sell you that it means a David the Goliath story. I get, I get, it is a David Goliath I story. I get that, but what I'm saying is. I like the fact that he was able to – I like when guys who are going into the Hall of Fame have won every belt. I like that. And I think that him being an Intercontinental Champion, though his reign didn't last long because of injury, I think if he would have got an Intercontinental title run – Remember what we talked about last week? Yeah, was, right. You were like, well, what's the difference between the two titles? And they don't, it's a well, big they don't problem. put them on the – That tried. could have been yeah. – that could have been, if it weren't for Daniel Bryan's injury, I, I hear you. the difference maker. But and I like that. Do you know he competed for five different titles on five consecutive manias? Yeah. That, that's also a reason why I like that because I saw that when Dan Aaron no, tweeted that. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. You, you, 27 I US. still want it. It's still not better than Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan, you <laughs> jerk. All right. My number four is Bo Dallas. Um, <laughs> He's funny. Here's my deal with Bo Dallas. All right, that's an interesting. one. Yeah, it is an interesting one, right? Here's my deal with Bo Dallas. Is everybody likes Bo Dallas, right? Like the wrestling people like Bo Dallas. The wrestling, the, people all like the wrestling people like Bo Dallas, right? But we've never kind of gotten behind Bo Dallas, right? Like it's been more like we enjoy him. Could you imagine, like, if in the next couple of months, all of a sudden there's a movement? Like, no, we love Bo Dallas, and we, it's already starting. Right, like we because he's easily the best person in the social outcast currently. Well, I don't don't knock Heath Slater. Heath no, Heath Slater's, Slater's awesome, but but the biggest I, I'm with they you. get during yes, every I'm, promo. I'm with you point. that Bo Dallas is, and I just as far as a guy that fans, wrestling fans, can get behind, embrace, and say, stop giving this guy shit because this guy is great, and force feed his way up the card. I think Bo Dallas smells like the type of guy that fans could get behind in a Daniel Bryan-like way and say, we are lifting him up here whether you like it or not. Yeah. All right, I can see that too. Especially the, Not he, as much as the guy that's going to mind up being on number three. Me but, neither. But, but I mean, the way he's pushing right now in the social outcast, I mean, he, he is Dallas the best is great, part right. of the social outcast. Right, right. And I love all four guys in the social outcast. My personal favorite is Adam Rose, but... The best person in the social outcast so far has been, without a shadow of a doubt, been Bo Dallas. Yes. Um, my number three is Sami Zayn, and that's he's higher on my list. He's slightly higher on my list. So Sami, so he's two and one. Okay, great. Yes. And yes. so <laughs> you learned what you needed to learn. Yes. So Sami Zayn is, 
I mean, I don't have to sell Sammy's. Yeah, no, he's the greatest. <laughs> right. Going back to now, now that Daniel, Bryan, well, no, even before Daniel, Bryan, yeah, he's like, my favorite. He's, yeah, he's, my, he's 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 just he's great, man, and he always performs. I remember the first time I saw because I didn't start watching NXT because when I heard that NXT was a show, I just assumed it was like the old NXT. Yeah, where yeah, it was right. just it was bullshit that I didn't right, waste my time correct. watching. The first now we're N- gonna do a barrel run. Yeah, <laughs> the first NXT. Um, takeover special I watched was the Fiddle Four Way, and Sami Zayn. You didn't watch Arrival? No, I went back and watched. Oh, okay, it, but I didn't. I didn't watch it when it was on. Really? Wow. Um, and Sami Zayn, because once again, right, I just no, expected no, I, a I, uh, I just, inferior I didn't product. I, I didn't realize that uh, inferior product. Sami Zayn is incredible, and his injury has screwed him because everything I I truly believe we wouldn't have now. Granted, another person that's on my list is we wouldn't have him. To be at the level he is right now, if it wasn't for Sami Zayn's injury, I believe. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for his injury, I think that Sami Zayn might be in that spot right now. That Daniel Bryan push because the crowd is all the way behind you right now. He, he is the ultimate as as far as on the WWE roster right now. He is the ultimate white meat baby face. And if yeah. you're looking for, he's a, number one on my list. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> well, I, I have he's someone number else. one <laughs> for me. So I, I don't know what you guys are. I like. Well, you, you'll under, when t- I tell take you, take everything you just said. Somehow a- amplify it by twelve, and you've got the reason <laughs> right. why. <laughs> when I say my number one, you'll get it. Yeah. But right, we'll find out. We'll find uh, out. I probably say you're wrong. Probably. <laughs> uh, my number three, though, is uh, Cesaro. It's not the Ooh, same. Man, not the same I didn't body put him on, but yeah, you're absolutely as far right. As, yeah. as far as the crowd gets behind someone, you know, is desperate for him to get to yeah. a higher level, is going to do anything Cesaro they can. Section. Yes. You know, they're, the right. crowd is already trying to get the new yes movement with the Cesaro section. Yeah. It's Cesaro. No, I'm with you. And, 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 and it's funny. And now I feel stupid for leaving him off my yeah, list yeah, and, and having Dolph Ziggler well, I can, five. It's... It's funny because I should have took AJ Styles off. To he he kind of is. He's too much. He's the type of guy that you more can't figure out how he's not there already. Yeah, because he you well, look at him and you think, oh my god, that guy should be a star. I mean, you know why he's not there? He's yeah. not he Swiss. No, yeah, because I, was say, what? I mean, he gets the same knock that other guys get the knock. Like Daniel Bryan got. He the doesn't knock. have enough. He can't he have, don't have enough personality. personality. Yeah, okay. right. Well, it's the reason why, I, at first, I considered EC3, and then I said to myself, what am I talking about? EC3 had, looks the part, he has the personality. People want to hate he's, him. Yeah, right? People want to hate him. He's, like, he's not Daniel Bryan at all, right. so I had to scratch him off. My number three is the guy that is, if, if he just gets another opportunity, we've already damn well tried to make him the next Daniel Bryan. Damian Sandow. Okay. We've damn well attempted to lift on our shoulders Damian Sandow up and they've still knocked him down. You put him back on TV, we're gonna do the dan- we're gonna do the same thing. Because Damian Sandow is amazing. My only beef with Damian Sandow is and Aaron's gonna love to hear this, but my only beef with Damian Sandow is was Damian Sandow really that hot? Or was it just another example of Miz being great it's a little at bit getting of both. people over. It's a little bit of both. Damian I mean, Miz, Sand- is da- Miz did Sandow, it with Alex Riley. Sandow was decent. Miz did it with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Sandow was really good before he ever met the Miz. M- Miz was- is about to do it with AJ Styles. I, like I understand what oh, you're saying. We're, we're, Nobody, nobody's underselling the Miz, but Damian Sandow was great before he ever was great with worked Cody. with the Miz. He was, he and was, his work with the Miz, yeah, the yeah. way he sold, again, the dog shit that was given to him. He was given dog shit, and he absolutely went to town with it. And his reward for that was, yeah, we got nothing else for you. How you don't have something for Damian Sandow will, for the life of me. But that, the thing, what, the what thing, are you the thing to me for? is, my biggest beef is with that is not you. After a while, 
like, you can say they don't have anything for you, but he's been wrestling a long time. He might need to come up with something his damn self, like but, Tyler Breeze did. Like, I, mean, just, I don't know, maybe, but I'll tell you what. You, the Road Scholars were amazing. Yes, Give me more were. of the Road they Scholars. Were, I can, Give me more of everything that puts that. Damian Sandow in a robe. Yep. I mean, like, God. <laughs> I, I, I Just want, got about a little bit of a better robe this time. They gave him <laughs> the briefcase. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Yep. He not had wrong. the second most important title in all of the WWE. Well, it and was then the they, World Heavyweight title briefcase. Fine. The, the, <laughs> I guess the fourth most important <laughs> title at the time. But you know what I mean? Like they they gave it to him, yes. and then they said, eh, uh, "We don't know. Enough. We don't really know what we're to doing." Go a different way. They wanted to go with the yeah. unified titles, which yeah. I can understand. Uh, but I mean, yeah. but at, Damon I, Sandow is amazing. He's he's not terrible. I just don't I just don't know if his sounds antics, like he's not really going all in on Damian Sandow. I just wouldn't have him uh, above at three. No, not uh, a chance. Uh, my number. You, you have my number two. What's your guys' number two? Uh, my yeah. number two. Is Kevin Owens, and the reason it is Kevin Owens is not because he's like like you guys say, he, he's kind of an asshole all the time, which he is. But at the same time, he's an asshole that does things that entertains the hell out of people. And if Kevin Owens does not have the world heavyweight title by by January first, two thousand seventeen, there's going to be more than enough people that are furious with that fact, yep. that. and yeah. they are going to make sure that their voice is heard. At every event leading up to the Royal Rumble and at the Royal Rumble, yeah. if he doesn't win, it. I would say that Kevin Owens is is the closest that anyone has right now to becoming my next favorite. Like I don't have a yeah, favorite yeah. wrestler right now. I, Kevin Owens is the closest anyone. I, I is think to the question, if we're talking about you know a next Daniel Bryan, a next McFoy, where everyone in the arena is, so I think the question is, can he do it as a face? Yeah, and 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 I've seen because we've seen him do it as a face when he's Ring of Honor crowd is a little different from the WWE crowd though. Not, uh, not when you consider the f- not really not really when. Everybody's mad about well, Roman Reigns. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the Rumble crowd. I'm talking about but here, every... Yeah, yeah right. But like the they're Rumble, not trying to win over eight-year-olds. But here's the thing. But here's the thing, though. The Rumble crowd is the only reason that people soured on Roman Reigns again. Because he had hot reactions the entire month leading oh, up to that. Good fall. He and he had a hot reaction the very next Monday Night Raw. Right. Except... When you take the rumble into account, then all of the fans that are at other smarky towns after that say, well, we don't like this guy. It's the same concept. Kevin Owens is going to be well, able to but, do but that. Well, but here's the thing. In that case, you're talking about the smarky crowd being the one to be influenced. You have to influence the, the regular crowd to fully get behind Kevin Owens. And I do wonder. I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying he absolutely can't. I do wonder if he's a guy who's just, he's such a good natural heel that he'd have trouble winning over the entire, you know, I don't think so. It would, it would depend, it would depend, fight Owens fight. No, nah, it would depend on the heel he's facing. For instance, a heel Roman Reigns would definitely get Kevin Owens over. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. I could, absolutely. I could see a scenario where it would work. Look, I'm for it. Yeah, I'm not I mean, trying no, to, no you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm on board. All, all right. right. Who's your number two? Uh, my number two is Austin Aries. It, it just seems like an obvious, you know what I mean, like this is a guy that clearly, again, his arrival is already predicated on benefiting from Daniel Bryan and where mm-hmm. he goes from yeah. here. Um, I mean, the only, Ken, the, the greatest man who ever I, lived. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. All right, so you're number one. My number one is my current favorite wrestler in the world, like in-ring performer in the world. Well, I don't think Roman, Roman Reigns, Reigns is No, it's not Roman Reigns. <laughs> my favorite in-ring performer in the world is Finn Balor. Oh, okay. okay. All right. And Finn Balor already has that connection with every crowd he goes okay. into. Yeah. Yep. And if he goes into the when he finally gets the call up, which I'm assuming is going to be the night after Mania, because he's probably going to drop the belt to Samoa Joe at the at the NXT takeover. Oh, makes sense. Beforehand, or he could 
he could come at Mania. You never know. Yeah. But Finn Balor is fantastic. And I remember I knew nothing about him because I watch WWE. I watch Ring of Honor sometimes. I watch – I that's pretty much – I watch uh, the first episode of Lucha Underground for this season because you annoyed me about it. And it's a great show. <laughs> it's awesome. It's a great show. I can't lie. But that's pretty much all. I don't – I watch Wrestle Kingdom. Right. But I don't watch anything else from New Japan. I, right. 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 I didn't know anything about Finn Balor. And when he and when Aaron told me about Finn Balor and I saw him cuz I was there the day that he debuted and I was in Orlando just happened to be and I was like this is the guy that <laughs> that Aaron was been telling right, me about. Right. I couldn't believe it, but then the more I watched him, the more shows he put on. I mean, I think he got his his ladder match with Kevin Owens is the most disrespected match of the past year simply because it happened to be on the same night as Sasha Bailey. Okay. It was one of the best matches all year, and it doesn't get any of its due because it was on the same night as Sasha Bailey. Why that matters, I don't know. But it was incredible. And he performs every time he goes out, no matter if he's with uh, Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe or Apollo Crews. doesn't matter. He's the best out and no, I, you're not trying. You don't I have to sell us on Finn Balor. I hope, <laughs> he, Balor I hope awesome. he's the next Daniel Bryan. I really do. I, I, I mean, the, the question is, is he like too good to be? It's almost too much to him. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like it's it's more. Well, like, you know, they I have, they I have, have the a Finn Balor thing. Is is he the next Undertaker? You know what I mean? Like I think it's more that. I think, but you know, WWE has does have an issue with push. Sometimes the accents. Yeah. The, the accent the gets thing. people. Yeah, that's gets people he, he might be trouble. doing an Irish jig by the time he gets to the main roster. Oh, God, you're so right about um, that. My number one. I, I took the took this in a slightly different. I, I've really focused on who is going to have that connection with the crowd. Who is going to be that person that every single the mark, the smark, the old time wrestler, the five year old kid. Who is everybody? And it kind of hit well, me. Well, our truth is already. I was waiting. So I waited. You don't have to worry about it. I was waiting. We got our guy. No, but the, the answer's already on the roster, and the answer's Bailey. Bailey is that person, the next, D- Bailey You're is the wrong. next Daniel Bryan. You are not She wrong. is the person that we are going to go in, on journeys with. She is the person who we are going to be desperate to see succeed, that we, you know, are upset when we see her lose. What happened with, with like, she did a thing with Finn Balor over the weekend because Finn oh, Balor's Oh, yeah, well, hurt. she, so, so she came out to Finn Balor's entrance, and it was, she was wearing the jacket, the ballot, yeah. just everything, like, Every single bit of it was just like perfectly timed That's out, cool. and he was in the ring, and then they, you know, kind of jumped and hogged and everything. That's cool. and, but um, no, she is the person who, if WWE is smart, like not to she could she could be the next everything. She could be the next everybody I, I'm, they want. I'm oh. praying that after Sasha wins the Divas title in a hopefully triple threat match at Mania, that after Sasha has her. The next night, Alan Raw has her big speech given, mm-hmm. talking about how happy she is. You just hear Bailey's music hit. Nothing would make me happier. It'd be really amazing. Yeah. Nothing It'd would be really amazing. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it would be incredible. All right, there you go. That's our top five for the week. Uh, we need to talk about Fantasizer because we haven't done that yet. Um, Brandon Parkville is in first it's place. In first place I do. And Bri- Brian Powell apparently won week three, so we're all... Uh, well, I like that it's jobbing out listeners. I do like yeah. that. I like that it's legitimately our listeners that yeah, are doing we're, well. We're, we're all I am not the doing top. well. You are not fairness, doing well. I'm I forgot in second to reset place my roster. overall. AJ's falling a little bit. He didn't have a very good week still three. still a top ten, though, right? Yeah, he's still yeah. Top, three, top ten. But uh, Fantasizer's great. Uh, great site. Custom Fantasy Leagues. They're starting up some, some show I've never heard of. But I, I think it... Well, not that I've never heard of. Not, good sell, Aaron. I've, not that I've never heard of. I've heard of it. I've never watched it. It's one, one of the dramas that... You know, Real Housewives. 
No, no, it's a drama. Like oh. it, it's not a reality. Pretty Little Liars. I, I can't remember which one, but okay. they, they they do a couple. They do reality TV. They do regular sports. They do dramas. Like, I think they have a Grey's Anatomy one. When I don't exactly know how they do a Grey's Anatomy like... fantasy league, but apparently they know how to do it. Right. So uh, yeah, go check it out, Fantasizer. It's great. You can still join this if you want to see if you can beat us in a week. Sure, you may not be able to win the season at this point. You can certainly beat us on a weekly basis. Yeah, you can so, play week uh, to week, absolutely. So uh, check that out, fansizer.com. Okay, uh, real quick, because we tossed this idea out the last time, and I ran it by him, and, he, and he's down. So uh, our buddy Patrick Stevens of the Washington Post, who is like a college <laughs> basketball expert, uh, AJ, remember you had the idea that he would come in and we would pick pay-per-view matches, or like, pick a pay-per-view against Patrick, and then if one of us were to lose to Patrick, we would have to pay some sort of penance mm-hmm. because Patrick legitimately knows zero yeah. about professional no, he'll wrestling. He'll study, though. He no, 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 study. no. I had a conversation with him. Okay. I said, if we do this, you cannot study. So, okay. Like, you literally have to come in with no knowledge whatsoever. And he was told, like, he, he was all we'll bored just show with him it. We'll so just show week. him pictures of the people we're talking I'm about. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So next week? Next week, he'll come in. He said he'd come in next week and do this with us yeah, for Fast Lane. That'd be fun. We have to come up with what the penance would be. Email us, uh, any of us, show at gmail.com. So again, this is the concept. The concept is we have a friend who is, he can tell you right now who the 68 teams are that are going to be in the NCAA tournament. Literally, last year, didn't he get 67 or 68 or something? I, like, to the seed line. Not yes. just who was going to be in, yeah. like, to the seed line. So, you, he's going to come in. This is what, when I talked to him about this, he said, this is what I know about wrestling. I'm vaguely familiar with who The Rock is. <laughs> I, I saw the rundown, he said. Um, I, of course, know who Hulk Hogan is. That's about it. Like, that's about the entirety of his knowledge. In fact, when I brought up, like, you know, the big show played at Wichita State, he's like, oh, yeah, I think maybe I had heard something about that at some point. Like, that's his knowledge. I bet you he knows, I bet you he knows Roman Reigns. He knows Roman Reigns. Uh, Georgia Tech football, that yeah. makes he sense. He knows sure. Kevin Nash for certain. Kevin Nash plays He might case. predate, you know, like Patrick Covering. True. You know what I mean? Like, True. So, anyway, the, the point of all this is that he's very, very smart, but he doesn't know anything about a, wrestling. He's a He's a genius when it comes to covering college sports. Yes. Professional wrestling, zero. Nada. Nothing. But he's going to come in next week, and he's going to pick the pay-per-view, and we're all three going to pick our make our picks as well. And if he were to beat any of us, so whether it's one of us, two of us, all three of us, we have to pay a penance you know, afterwards. So we really should have decided what that was before now so we can announce it this week. But we'll give ourselves till next week to announce what the penance will be. Yeah, and any ideas you guys have. By all means. Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Or at jobbingoutshow on Twitter are good ways to get them in. Uh, A good penance I have an idea would be making you had to watch um, the bamboo match with Taker the Punjabi and, prison oh match. Oh, my God. And the great colleague. Uh, write, write an essay on the greatness <laughs> of the Punjabi. Or, or what about the kennel from hell match? Oh, oh God. None of that. Oh. All right. Well, those are ideas. Actually, those are some good ideas. Those are ideas. What was the name of the electric chair match in WCW? Oh, the... um the. I, I think it was remember. like it was an electric. Wasn't it an electric chamber? Electric oh, yeah. chamber. Yeah, something like, like that. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And the switch happened. didn't work. Yeah. God. <laughs> or no, cha- chamber. No, uh, what chamber of horrors? That's right, something else. Right. But yes, yes. So these are all good ideas. Um, or you know, it could be something else. It could be that we have to sing somebody's entrance music. Whatever it is, just c- come up with an idea for the penance that we would have to pay if we were to lose to Patrick in pitching matches, and he's going to come in and hang out with us next week. Next week will of course be our fast lane uh, preview show, and I'm sure we'll have something else that comes through by then as well. 
Uh, AJ, let me start with you. You are on Twitter. Yeah, AJ Francis four one zero. Give him a follow, and you're not on Instagram, are you? Nah. I didn't think so. We had that conversation before, nah. right? All right, uh, Aaron, you're on Twitter. VA Oster. And the show is on Twitter. Jobbing out show. And the show's email address again. Jobbing out show at gmail dot com. And at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. Uh, I released this past week an article about Shakara. It features some great quotes from uh, Mike Quackenbush, who actually I. I found out he's uh, guest training at the NXT this week. I, think I saw something about that. He's yeah. um he's he's legitimately one of the smartest guys, one of the best minds in wrestling. Like if there is another Paul Heyman who can kind of see the future of the business, it might be Mike Quackenbush. Yeah. But uh, Shakar is great. I got some great quotes out of him. So go check that on, out on Rolling Stone. Very cool. I'm at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. GlennClarkRadio.com is the website. Uh, big thanks to Davey Richards for coming on with us this week. He's great. And now that we know that, you know, he donates his T-shirt money to charity. Seriously, please go buy a damn shirt. Like, make us look good in the process. Go buy a damn shirt because that's awesome. He's He was great. Really enjoyed chatting with him. For uh, AJ, for Aaron. Oh, God, I did that wrong. Yeah. See, I was scolding Aaron at yeah. the beginning of the show, and I <laughs> screwed it up at the end. You did. All right. For Aaron and for the main event. AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.